Hey there, folks. Welcome to the BoomerCast, a podcast where I, B, talk about my childhood while discussing cartoons I grew up with, and hopefully opening up a conversation with you folks about childhood memories. Whether you're in childhood now, or if childhood was last year or last decade. As with media bringing up the negative today, whether it's with the pandemic, or of stories of how people are trying to undo a movement to remind everybody that we're all humans, uh... I just want to focus more on fond or positive memories for right now, just for a little bit. I may go into more um, traumatic experiences on my end later on, but for now I want to focus on the positive. Speaking of traumatic, I'm kind of bookmarking this moment in history, although it's kind of a late bookmark because it's now day four, day five of the evacuation of the uh, LNU, or I believe it's the LNU fire complex that I'm part of, unfortunately. But uh, still, regardless, we're going to keep it going, keep it pushing on the Arthur Review series. I'll also be putting some more links in the description, um, mainly for the YouTube channel that I'm going to be moving this to as well. Um, I'm not going to be leaving Anchor, but I'm just sort of doing double uploads from here and on YouTube. So stick close, or sorry, <laughs> wait for uh, the links, or if you want to see the links in the description, that's where they will be. Now, I started off pretty fluffy in this episode, as I do for other episodes, but my general opinion of Arthur Writes a Story is that this is a filler episode. Uh, more to the point, it's a recap, uh, just in case whoever did stumble upon Arthur watched this story before watching Arthur's Pet Business. This episode seems to have a veil of a story, with a moral in there, but I guess the only thing that stuck out in me with this episode is that it repeats how Arthur essentially got pal. Also, I forgot to mention, maybe I've been mentioning YouTube a little too much, or maybe I'm just paranoid and thinking that someone knows that I use YouTube for research, so they just delete the episodes on their channels. Regardless, I will do my best to find them on other sites, or see if I could just purchase them online. And if I'm unable to do the episode coverage, or if I'm unable to find the episode, I'll just go through the synopsis on Wikipedia and just kind of go from there. Anyways, we start the show off with Arthur bragging about how he's going to write the best story. And it's a delusion that I have to this day, whether it's with the podcast or my own writing or the YouTube channel. Granted, I'm not so sure if it's as large as it was before. Arthur even imagines his teacher being so excited about Arthur's story that he tells the staff about it and then we flash forward to Arthur at a book signing. But his dream is sort of um, squashed, or rather DW bursts his bubble and points to his blank page. As far as my own writing goes, I've been at a block since I started the podcast, which could be a good thing or a bad thing, but I consider myself more of a hobbyist writer than a professional, and I may still do some readings here and there after I finish up the season. After the title card, Mr. Ratburn goes over the homework assignments, and we even see Mrs. Fink for the first time since Arthur and the real Mr. Ratburn, as she gives the students far more simple homework than Mr. Ratburn's math, spelling, and writing assignments. Moreover, the writing assignment is due on Friday, so it's safe to assume that it's Monday at least, so the kids have time to think of a story to write. Muffy tries to flex her money by asking if she needs it to be professionally published, and then the kids are dismissed to play on the school playground. Francine complains that she has too many ideas for stories, such as the story of Big Wilma, a troll who takes away the child of a princess, and that princess has to guess the troll's name to get her child back. I guess it's safe to say that Francine has never heard of Rumpelstiltskin. 
But Arthur has already decided what story he wants to tell. He's just having trouble starting it out. I feel his pain many times, but my other problem is that I end up leaving it as a cliffhanger, and then I move on to another story or project. I just hope that the podcast doesn't suffer the same fate. Arthur complains, or rather shouts for his mom to get DW to leave him alone, as he works on his story. And after voicing her interest in her brother's work, DW finds out that Arthur's writing a story about how he got pal. It's then that Arthur starts to not be as excited about his story, since DW seems to no longer be interested. She even downplays it to being something weird that happened. I mean, aren't many stories like that? Certainly, Red Riding Hood didn't ask for the wolf to eat her grandma, so an axe-wielding hero complex can cut open said wolf to save her. And, well, we are dealing with anthropomorphics, so maybe three pig brothers with construction specialties isn't too far beyond the realm of possibility, just in this context. As Arthur reads his story, we get a revisit to the end of Arthur's pet business, just before Arthur finds Perky with her puppies. By the way, I did my own coverage with some title edits for my analysis, and on that you'll be looking for the title with Arthur's pet business. DW is bored with the story, and gives a constructive suggestion to substitute puppies for elephants to make the story a little bit more interesting. Arthur then reads the revised version to Buster, and because Arthur listens to and adapts to criticism, the story of Ar how Arthur got pal now takes place in space. And the puppies are now elephant puppies. The Brain listens to the space version, and needless to say, Ar Alan, or the Brain as he's referred to, well, he isn't the ideal critic, in my opinion, because he wants something more realistic, and something with more facts. And the brain even interjects his own knowledge in space and biology. So, Arthur takes the brain's advice, and goes to the library to research elephants. To which, now Francine has a problem with it, as well, because Arthur is now trying to use such large words to be more accurate, or rather, flex his literary skills. It sort of reminds me of when I first started writing stuff. One of my early tales was about the quest for Canis Major and Canis Minor to get back to the cosmos from our modern world. But I remember trying to use such large words for, for that in the book reports to sound more intelligent than I really was, and am. But if you can barely pronounce the words or use them in the right context, then what's the point? I think Arthur took the brain's advice a little too seriously. Maybe he wanted it to be more relatable? or just more interesting. Arthur is so engrossed in his writing process that he isn't really paying too much attention to his surroundings. While he's talking about elephants, he ends up putting his laundry in the fridge. And earlier, we get another Haney appearance, because Arthur mistakenly ties Haney's pant leg to the bike. The next day at lunch, he goes over his new draft to the tough customers, which are supposed to be Binky's inner circle of friends, as well as the school bullies. I mean, I guess Binky has to be in a certain mood to bully kids? He isn't exactly from a broken family, or a family where his mom or dad beat the crap out of him when he does something so minor as looking at them weird. If anything, his mom becomes another helicopter parent later on in the series. Anyways, Binky gives the most unlikely input to Arthur, that his story is lacking a love arc. So did Binky just zone out while Arthur told his story? What kind of coupling was Binky so thirsty for that had anything to do with Arthur getting a dog? So Arthur meets his friends again at the Sugar Bowl, and as if hiccups weren't bad enough, he's trying to get even more advice from his friends. Franella even brags about her own story, how it turned into a country song. <laughs> I guess I know where the wholesome song content is. 
It's in the genre where if you play the song backwards, the guy gets his girl back, his truck back, his house back, and his dog comes back to life. So, Arthur turns his story into a country song and sings it to his grandma, Dora, who seems to be subtly, I don't know, what did he call it these days, savage? Wait, is that too strong of a word? I don't think that's too strong. The lady rode a freaking boat to an island to drop off her grandma, to, to drop off her granddaughter and call her granddaughter's bluff. So I think savage might be a good word to use. Thora is a bit confused by the song, but she still tries to be supportive. Though despite his grandma's encouragement, Arthur is persistent in making his story the best in the class by making his elephant puppy a superhero just like Bionic Bunny. He then ends up learning, on the day that he has to turn in his story, that the others would have just been more interested in hearing the true story of how he got his puppy. And Ratburn basically says the same freaking thing that Thora said before. As someone who is starting out the podcast, I can see the allure of making sure your art or work, whether it's a podcast, a vlog, a story, a novel series, anything, the most popular and viral thing to happen since sliced bread. But I'm learning that I should do the stuff and make my podcast and channel with content that I like and I think will enjoy covering. It should be the same with those of you who have works of your own, regardless of the media. People can and will eventually find you, it just takes time. And I know I am, nor will I ever be, anywhere near relevant or popular. Maybe I will eventually. Until then, I do appreciate those of you who have stuck with me for this long, and I hope continue to stay, even during these times where everything is just up in the air right now. Arthur's lost dog starts out with DW complaining about how dumb Pal is. She even tries to demonstrate her argument, but the dog clearly knows that the treats are close by, so why even work for them? But D.W. keeps the insults coming, all while dragging the treat box so Pal can help himself while she's not looking. Arthur sees this, but he's not giving it away. After the title card, we're given exposition by Arthur that there's a celebration that takes place every year called Elwood City Day. Huh. A little early for that episode, but maybe Elwood City hasn't turned 100 just yet. And in my opinion, the festival just seems to be more like a small street fair to advertise the storefronts. The bank is giving away free pencils. Some other store is doing a guessing gimmick where you can win cheese, I guess. And the store is, and the joke store is telling free jokes to passers-by. This is also the episode where we meet the famous Pickles the Clown as he walks by, oblivious to the kids nearby who, I don't know, maybe they want a free balloon. Unless this guy is the type to make rounds on that closed-off city block, Arthur probably would not have lost his dog in the first place if Pickles knew how to read a room, uh, I mean, street. Pal notices, of all characters, Pal, of course. Anyways, he notices that Pickles just nopes right past them with the free balloons, and Pal's the first to surmise that Kate wants a balloon. Kate is having a meltdown, and she holds on to that meltdown for the majority of the episode, by the way. Although, to be fair, Buster isn't doing any favors by deflating DW's balloon. The parents play the guess what's wrong with the baby game by checking her diaper, seeing if she's hungry, no pizza doesn't count, and they come to the conclusion that when Arthur pushes the stroller, Kate calms down. However, Arthur is trying to keep Pal under control with the leash, since Pal 
suddenly wants to run around now. DW insists on taking over the dog walking, and Arthur, who listens to his mom, relinquishes the leash to push his sister's stroller. And now, if it isn't clear in the beginning, Pal is pretty smart for a dog. I don't think I've ever met a real dog who can spin around a pole enough to pop off their leash. But he does it, and then we see the magic collar disappear and reappear in differing shots. Before the boys can split off from the main group to look for Pal, they walk by more of the street fair, where pets are displayed as well. So I'm guessing the fair is a little bigger now in this context than I thought initially. The boys, knowing where to meet after their search, set to work by looking up and down the street fair, while Pal is on his mission to get Kate that balloon. Arthur and Buster buy Pal a little more time, unwittingly of course, as they go to see if Pal is the lost dog who is at Town Hall. Pal finally finds Pickles, and I sort of get the understanding of why Pickles just noped past them. It seems that the famous Pickles the Clown, well, he's allergic to dogs. I'd add this to the same lack of consistency with the brain, but they are better with Pickles in this sense. If Pickles really is allergic to dogs though, why participate if there's a pet shop willing to display their dogs on your balloon route? Or maybe he just avoided that pet shop altogether. Pickles then gets a police officer to take Pal to Town Hall for Lost and Found, all while the boys find out that the lost dog that, turn that was turned in was not Pal. The boys then split up from each other to cover more ground, and we find out that Kate can hold a grudge. She is not letting it go that she wants a balloon. Then again, maybe my kid is weird. I don't think my kid can hold on to being upset for that long. Arthur manages to use a photo of Pal that I guess he keeps with him at all times and asks around. Even Buster goes into his investigation mode and searches Miss Tingley's purse for Pal. Arthur catches a break from the officer earlier who turned Pal in, and I have no idea why the lady just didn't put Pal in a kennel, or if he just escaped the kennel while she was on a lunch break. But Francine and Muffy end up seeing Pal at the door to Town Hall, and they mistakenly let him go as Arthur runs into the revolving door into Town Hall. The search is starting to lose its heat as, Arthur, as Arthur's parents prioritize Kate over Pal, understandably of course. They think Kate is sick, so they want to take her home since she's crying so much. But Arthur is probably just tired from running around, scared for his dog, and upset that for, at DW for losing him in the first place. As they are making their way back to the house, or the car, whichever one, Arthur finds Pal, and Pal ends up choosing his mission to get Kate a balloon over reuniting with his owner. I mean, I gotta hand it to Pal's tunnel vision, since we find out eventually that Kate is actually Pal's favorite read. But obviously, and because of the lack of context, Pal's decision bums Arthur out, and it makes Arthur question whether or not he's been a good pet owner. Pal continues to stalk Pickles the Clown, and he manages to find the clown on break. However, because of Pickles' allergies, he ends up losing the balloons. And thanks to cartoon physics and acrobatics, Pal is able to grab a hold of the balloon and fall into Francine's arms. And of course, with his mission complete, he jumps out and runs home to get Kate her balloon. Again, I grew up having a few dogs, and unfortunately, due to where I live, I don't think it would be fair to get a dog right now. Especially since I'm more fond of the larger breeds, such as Labradors and Huskies. Then again, I don't think I really gave tiny dogs or smaller breeds much of a chance. Instead, I have two cats, who are just more my style. Zoe, the brown kitty who was originally in the picture, 
she'll be immortalized on my social media. Abby as well, if I can get her to pose as well as Zoe has. Thanks again for listening and giving this podcast a shot. I will probably start rolling out the double uploads later on next month. One upload for the YouTube channel, more so for the interaction, and more for and more recent ups, episodes will be on this podcast. As always, feel free to rate in the podcast platform of your choosing. Follow me on social media, and other links will be in the description. Stay cool and stay safe, everybody.